We are blessed today to have a large group of guests among us from St. Luke's Lutheran Church and School in Cabot, Pennsylvania. Welcome, everybody. We're glad you're here. Uh, Uh, there is a connection from St. John's to uh, St. Luke's, and that is uh, Mr. Mark Wilt is the principal of the school, and he is the son of Emery Wilt within our own congregation. So we all are glad that you're here today. How many of you spend most of your uh, working hours hunched over in front of a computer screen? Anybody? Raise your hands. Oh, look at all these people. So for anyone who has spent long hours in front of a computer screen, you know the strain that this puts on your body, on your back, on your eyes, and even with ergonomic workstation chairs, they help to be sure, but all of this sitting well, it has a way of catching up with you over time. But there's help. You can now get a chair for about $6,000 that literally lets you lay down on the job. And there it is. It is a real chair, and it is the product of a company called Altwork the brainchild of an aerospace engineer called uh, Che Voigt. A little bit about this. Uh, it's equipped, as you can see, with full desk, monitor, keyboard, allowing the user to work in a variety of positions, uh, from standing to sitting to full reclining. So there it is. And uh, Che Voigt says, movement throughout the day is the best thing you can do. We know that. People say sitting is the new smoking. We've heard that too. But reports now say that standing may not be the best thing for you either. So the result is what we see here, which uh, Che Voigt says uh, only takes up about 18 square feet of floor space, about the same as what you'd have in a regular office cubicle, chair, desk, monitor, all that stuff. And through the use of magnets, everything is held in place, kind of floating out there. Looks like a dentist chair though, doesn't it? That's kind of what I think. So the, the uh, $5,900 price tag was a couple of years ago, so likely it's uh, uh, more than that today. And the total cost of this, uh, the uh, engineer says, is really no more than what you're gonna pay for all of the other furnishings you need for a regular office. I don't know if I would ever invest in one of these or not because I can only imagine that uh, so little work would get done because I would literally be sleeping in that chair, I think. But it does allow you to lay down on the job. And that's what we hear in the gospel lesson for today on this fourth Sunday of Easter as Jesus speaks to us from John chapter 10 about laying down his life. Jesus' job of laying down his life is what accomplished for us the salvation which was won through Jesus' blood and sweat and tears for us, we who are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. So the theme for preaching this day is laying down on the job. 
May the Lord's rich and abundant blessing rest upon the preaching and the hearing and the living of his word for Jesus' sake. So this fourth Sunday of Easter is really all about sheep and shepherding, as the image on the screen points out. Jesus is not uh, always so far out ahead of us, nor is he way back behind us, but what I love about this image is Jesus is in the midst of his sheep, and so he is now. He's in the midst of his flock. The scripture lessons today, uh, the music and hymns that we sing, the prayers which we pray, the message today, they all point us to this beloved image of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ, who's our good shepherd. A little about this image here. It's painted by a, uh, an artist named Tim Wang, who was born in China in 1947. Uh, he came to America in 1988, and in 1994, he suffered a debilitating stroke which paralyzed his right side, and he is right-handed. And only through a whole lot of faith in the Good Shepherd, a whole lot of therapy, was he able to retrain his left hand to paint as good as the right hand. But it takes a lot, lot more time. But this is evidence of what one can do. It's kind of strange that this image of the good shepherd still resonates so much with us, isn't it? Because sheep and shepherding are far removed from our everyday life. When's the last time you even saw a shepherd and sheep. And yet, in spite of all this, there's something enormously comforting about Jesus, our good shepherd, who guards, who protects his flock, who makes me lie down in green pastures, who leads me beside still waters, who restores my soul, who leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And so with our shepherd guardian beside us, I will fear no evil. For you, you are with me even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And so, all of these words, these beloved words from Psalm 23, they speak to our hearts deeply. This is why Psalm 23 is chosen so often for funerals and memorial services because it is in the face of death, especially at the time of death, that we need to be reminded, death is not the final word. We have a good shepherd who has laid down his life for us. He has overcome the power of sin and death and the grave and in our risen savior, our good shepherd, even when we die, Yet shall we live. Over and over again, in that gospel lesson, Jesus talks about laying down his life. Take out your worship bulletin. Look at that gospel lesson with me now. 
Look at verse 11. There it is for the first time. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And then again in verse 15, Jesus says, I lay down my life for the sheep. And then in verses 17 and 18, for this reason the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. These are Jesus' words for us today. And Jesus makes clear that his suffering and death on the cross, his laying down his life, was not just some terrible miscarriage of justice. This image here, you have to kind of look at it closely. All the sheep in the background, they almost look like interlocking pieces of a puzzle. But the sheep are there. But notice the figure of the good shepherd, his arms stretched out as if he is on the cross. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sake of his sheep. Jesus laying down his life wasn't just some terrible accident at the hands of an angry mob. No, all of this happened according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. As Peter tells us in his Pentecost sermon, Jesus was not a helpless victim whose life was snuffed out because he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Jesus, our good shepherd, willingly laid down his life for his sheep. And the sheep for whom Jesus laid down his life and shed his blood on the cross went far beyond the boundaries of God's chosen people, Israel. Truth be told, at this time, many people in Israel found it hard to imagine that anyone outside Israel could even be saved, should even be saved. But Jesus makes clear, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. Jesus was speaking of the Gentiles, to whom the gospel message would be preached. They too would come to know the saving love and amazing grace of our good shepherd. And we are among them because we, most of us, many of us, come from that Gentile background. But do we make the same mistake today, perhaps, as Israel of old did? Do we find it hard to imagine that those people, whoever those people might be, could ever be saved. And so we put up boundaries and limitations on God's grace and mercy. The thing is, how can we, 
who by God's grace and mercy have been included in the family of faith, now exclude others from this same blessing. The grace and mercy of our good shepherd who has indeed laid down his life for us and loved us even unto death calls us to something different. He calls us to love in action. The Apostle John in that opening verse from the epistle lesson for today tells us this. By this we know, love, that he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers and the sisters, we might add. But if anyone has this world's goods and sees his brother or sister in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us love not in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Here's another image of the Good Shepherd. It's a stained glass window that comes from a church in my hometown. My little hometown of Marcus, Iowa, about population 1,200, never really gets any bigger, never gets any smaller. And in here, uh, this hometown of mine, there's the new church in town built 60-some years ago where my family and I worship, my family still worships there, but outside of town in the country, there's the old church built about 100 years ago. And as you can well imagine, the new church grew out of the old church because the mother church birthed a daughter congregation. That's often how it works. And the mother church is the congregation where a great-grandfather of mine was the founding member back in the year 1879. And over the front doors of this beautiful little country church is this massive stained glass window with this as the center panel. And inscribed at the bottom of the window are Jesus' words, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. I think of all of the people over the years who have walked in under that window, coming into church, bearing the cares and worries of this life, weighed down by griefs and burdens, but then coming out under that same window, having been renewed and refreshed and strengthened in faith in this good shepherd through God's gifts of his life-giving word, the holy supper of our Lord, where our good shepherd, who is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, comes to us and gives us his very body and blood given and shed for us and for our salvation. I think of how many people throughout the years have been blessed to know peace which passes all understanding, comfort, joy beyond measure, 
knowing that they are in the care and keeping of our good shepherd. May each one of us gathered here today with our good shepherd here in our midst, may we also be blessed to know that we today, we also are in the care and keeping of our good shepherd who has laid down his life for us all. And so let us then go forth to love one another as our good shepherd has loved us, not just in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen.